Ward Cast, episode 81. Go. Go. Hi, Ruthie. Hey, Dylan. What's up? Not much. Ruthie Edwards of ruthiesweboutsite.com <laughs> fame. I know. I also have um, ruthie.xyz. That's my other domain that I bought. Does it redirect to Ruthie's website? Yeah, That's cool. but it's shorter. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if people are used to the new top-level domains yet, or you know, would that confuse an old person? Would they even know it's a web address? Do you want old people to go to your site? No. Okay. Well, then, look, you just, <laughs> just cut out the middleman. Just fix that problem right there. Uh, a big one right now is dot .zone. So, so you can go to, uh, you, maybe you should try getting ruthie.zone. I like that idea, actually. Like a, a zone, like a world space for Ruthie's it's Ruth, Ruthie zone. stuff. Because I know jeff.zone goes to Jeff Gersman's like, Tumblr or something. And then uh. felix.zone goes to Felix Kramer's uh, like portfolio website what's the purpose of zone like what was it intended for rad ass 90s <laughs> websites discovery, discovery zone, zone. <laughs> to say that. discovery dot zone dot uh, zone goes to uh the waypoint website i'm pretty sure mm. they, they there's i think someone bought like colonial marxism or some marxism triumvirate.com or uh-huh. something redirects to waypoint Mason and I got into a big discussion because I don't like Vice's uh, top level domain organization because it's like motherboard.vice.com. Oh, yeah. Like motherboard.com doesn't take you there. Waypoint.vice.com. And I'm like, this is dumb. Yeah. And Mason's like, no one use, no one pays attention to URLs anymore. I'm like, mm. someone tells most, me. No, most people don't. That's that's the truth. And it, I guess. I guess it's more of a Google thing. They go so far as hiding it on iOS and yeah. a, a lot of. The entire, the entire URL. Yeah, they'll hide. Well, they'll even hide, you know, the address bar mm-hmm. on a lot in a lot of instances. But most people go to those sites through a proxy like Facebook or email newsletter or something. Anyway, right. So newsletters. Speaking of, yeah, <laughs> Ward Games newsletter. Sign up. It's awesome. Is it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Thank you for buying into that, though. That was good. Have, have I gotten one yet? Um, I'm working on one right okay. now. Okay. <laughs> a a, a post-Pixel Fest one. I pre-endorse it. It's great. You slide this I... $20 bill <laughs> over to you. So how's it going, Ruthie, the woman too cool for school, Edwards? The woman that's me? Um <laughs> Yeah, so fine, Ruthie. This, too cool for school, Edwards. This this is the summer of Ruthie. I'm making things happen and quitting my job. Oh yeah. Um, and I am fixing to spend a lot of time learning more game dev, learning more animation. That's kind of the trade that I'm in. Mm-hmm. Um, that I've really fallen behind in working full time for the last two years. So I'm really excited to take some time off, learn that stuff. Um, you know. Take a vacation. I don't know when the last time I had a week off was. Besides, uh, you know, going somewhere with my family, but that doesn't that doesn't count. <laughs> Trips family don't count as vacation. Uh, no. Yeah, yeah. Especially I've I've been that as an adult. My mom's like, you want to go to like Scotland or Italy or yeah. somewhere? I was like, I'd love to. Not with you, mom. Though. <laughs> Nothing against my mom, but 
I'm taking a trip with my mom this uh this summer to Europe. She's always wanted to do one of those Viking River cruises. I think you told me about that. that yeah. Like you see commercials for during Wheel of Fortune or uh-huh. whatever. Um, but it actually looks really, really cool. And it's just going to be me and my mom. My dad was like, I don't want to go on a boat. And my sister is graduating from med school next week. So she's too busy. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> oh, God, family sis. vacation where only two of us can make it. Um, but I'm I'm really looking forward to just yeah being on that boat, not worrying about anything because <laughs> that's always know. nice. Yeah, yeah. All of my quote unquote vacations have just been game trips. So I guess Magfest was a vacation in oh. the sense that I took paid time off for it, or Pax East was a vacation, even though it was a lot, uh, a, a lot of work trips. I struggle to call that a vacation because I come home exhausted. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it's like, so how was your like mini vacation in Boston? It was like, I guess it was great if you want to call it that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess it wasn't technically related to my full-time job. So sure, well, mm-hmm. I guess it's qualified as a vacation. But yeah, um, you also have been looking at schools. Yeah, I am kind of tired of spinning my wheels here so i'm uh by trade like an animator illustrator but um and game dev's always been on the side and i was looking at ways to get into it more full time um which is hard if you're a person you know working out of your bedroom it just takes a lot of willpower yeah um which i totally think can happen but I um I so I have applied to grad school at NYU at the game center which is like one of the best schools for critical study of games Mm -hmm. um it's a it's an mfa so it's very geared toward art and criticism right Um, which i I wasn't aware that these were fine arts degrees yeah because alex was talking about his because he went to scad he's Mm -hmm. like yeah i have a bfa i was like oh like yeah i mean that makes sense because i mean that's a art school right it's about game design not i mean you still take courses on unity or whatever but it's it's all about the design and how people interact with games in this world. Right. And a huge part of that is actually board games and card games, which scares me a little bit. Uh, I like games, but I don't play a lot of those type of games. Mm-hmm. So that part I was like, I don't know, but I see how that's valuable. Right. Yeah. Um, it's like the same thing in the other art school. It's like, you know, even though you're an illustrator, for example, it's like sometimes they'll have you take up. Oh, paint. I had to take woodshop. <laughs> yeah. You always take a 3D class, and sometimes you'll take, like, like a, 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 a portraiture class or still life or something. Right. Like a medium you're not used to. Well, the, yeah, the way VCU works, no matter what arts program you're going into, you have to take these four basic courses, um, and they're, like, sculpture, including woodshop, design, drawing, and then, like, uh, video animation-y type mm-hmm. of bullshitty class is this the afo it's, stuff or yeah, is this, that, yeah that class is called time studio yeah i know because yeah. there's like time and space and space like, research yeah is like, <laughs> so this weird like metaphysical yeah classes. So, so even if you wanted to go into say fashion design or photography you still have to learn how to draw and build things from wood and mm-hmm. um edit video um which to yeah. a certain extent like i feel like makes a little bit of sense because i mean you had to apply with a portfolio I mean, right. I guess some people applied solely with a photography portfolio because I knew high school classmates that did that. But. I I think no matter what program you apply into, they really want to see figure drawing and uh, 
drawing from life right with pencil mm-hmm. um or charcoal or whatever they when i applied it was it was really different this was 2007 when i first applied for school and this was like you know right before the recession it was a different time mm-hmm. <laughs> um i actually had to submit my work on slides which yeah. was a huge pain in the ass uh-huh. Uh, you had to photograph your work. You had to, you know, have a lighting set up, photograph your work, um, put, send it away to, a, you know, a film company and somehow they make these slides and then you had to put them in a binder, like a plastic sleeve and mail them to VCU and you didn't get them back. And the AP test was the same way. Really? You had to make slides. I didn't know that. And it was 2007. I was like, can I just put these on my GeoCities page and send it to you? (laughs) Got got this live journal account right here? Yeah. It it was well into the internet age and I was was really disappointed at that part. And then when I got to school and we were still dealing with DV tapes and tape, tape. Mm-hmm. got this Betamax here yeah it was infuriating but um but that that was like a transitional period and they got over that but uh but applying for school this time around was much easier on the on the whole mm-hmm. FAFSA you just put in your social security number and it pulls your IRS stuff for you that's like magic yeah, magic I- in the kind of the worst way it's like oh god I can It's this easy to just pull all my information down. Right. And they actually, the FAFSA this spring got shut down temporarily. Oh, God. I don't know if it ever came back up. That that data finding part of it Uh was shut down for security reasons. So I got in right before that. But uh, that stuff's crazy. It is crazy. Yeah. Imagine like someone just installing like a a key tracer or something on your keyboard. And it's like, well, now I got all these security numbers. Uh, Yep. Hmm. So how was the the Game Center application? Was it crazy or? Um, It was a little crazy, but you know what? If it's a program that you like, you'll enjoy applying for it. And so that's what happened to me. Um, They had you write maybe four or five essays, which I'm a pretty decent writer anyway. You know, going to art school gave me that critical mind to Mm. look at a game and understand how it works and how it impacts people. And so you had to write about one essay was writing about a game in particular i can't remember the prompt but i wrote about animal crossing and how it's like emotional an emotional getaway from the election because they pushed that amiibo update Mm. right before the election Mm -hmm. um so lots of people were going back to animal crossing and finding it like cathartic and that's what my (laughs) my essay was about and i really enjoyed writing it i should probably put it online somewhere because it was really funny um, and the other one I wrote about SimCity 2000 and how it tricks people into learning things like mm-hmm. uh, bonds and credit ratings and things like that. Yeah. <laughs> that you wouldn't but expect the, a nine-year-old to know what a credit rating is, right. but if they played SimCity 2000, they might know. They might understand how that impacts the city on the whole and what sort of things you should take out a municipal bond for, like a power plant and not for a stadium. Which is something I wish Richmond had. Uh-huh. Oh, it's topical. <laughs> that's that's pretty topical. That's cool though. Yeah. Um be weird if someone started playing the that Animal Crossing that escaped the election and they just see that like Tom Nook has all these white nationalist leanings and 
They just start drawing all these parallels. <laughs> like, oh God, Rossetti is actually like no, a stand-in for Giuliani. That was not at all what I wrote. What it was about was that there's nothing bad that can happen to you in Animal Crossing. So it's very comforting. Um, you can't die. You can't really get hurt. The worst thing that can happen to you is that you get stung by a bee, but it has no effect, really. It just gives you an eye patch, um, which is just cosmetic. It mm-hmm. doesn't, there's no penalty. Um, there's basically free money lying around everywhere, and everyone praises you. You're the mayor. You're the center of attention. They're like, you're awesome. You're great when you talk to the, all the villagers. And even if you abandon the game for like six years and come back, they're like, I missed you so much. It's so great that you're here. And just how strange that is and maybe bad. So <laughs> all this gratuitous just, just pouring on all these this, these compliments. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah, you should definitely put those up. Um, and I can link to them if you want. Uh, but yeah, but the NYU decision is still up in the air. That's the harder part. The application was, I mean, I did. Because you got in. I got in. Yeah. Um, I went, did all the essays. I had a, a personal interview with someone over Skype and I got in. And so I was like, yay, I'm going to NYU. And then the reality set in that this school costs $120,000. <laughs> Yeah, it's insane, but it is a private school and it is in New York. So that's mm-hmm. why it's like four times as much as VCU. Or, or NYU you know. is private. Mm-hmm. Mm. It is. Interesting. Um, so, yeah, it's in the Tisch School of the Arts and um, like really prestigious art school. But it has those things going against it for me because Richmond's cost of living is so low. It's so great. It's I live like a king here. <laughs> and I, I'm like, I don't make very much money, but oh man, I can, you know, do whatever I want. It takes five minutes to get anywhere. Um, it's, yeah. I like, I like it here, which is also a hard thing. I love my RVA Game Jams crew. Yep. These guys, we love have, you too. they've taught me so much and we hang out all the time. Uh, so that would be hard leaving too, even though I'm sure the NYU community is awesome for game development. Mm-hmm. Uh, but ultimately, it comes down to, do I want to have an $800 a month loan payment for the next 10 years? Or do I want to, like, buy a house, you know, or have a kid? Uh, that's the weird part about being female is that you have that window. I would say, like, 38 is probably the limit. So I'm 28 now, and I'm like, I can either go to school or, you know, have a house and a kid. <laughs> so it's like, ah, life. Yeah. Um. But yeah, ultimately, the the I didn't get enough scholarship money, though I did get a little bit that I'm really grateful for. It doesn't quite make it to feasible. Where, yeah. Yeah. That loan payment is going to be ridiculous. Yeah. But the good news is they offer tons of free conferences and events like oh, cool. practice and um, a lot of visiting artists. They have the open play library. Um, they have play tests every Thursday that you can go in, bring your own stuff or play stuff that the students are making. Mm-hmm. So they have lots of stuff that's open to the public. And I know um, Kirk and Moment and Sam went up for practice and Kirk's all, all into all this free stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, free stuff. As, as Kirk is. Um, so that's something that I want to do is, you know, live if I live in Richmond, I can afford to travel up there and 
do those free events and uh, yeah, yeah, still have time, not be going to school full time and working full time to afford two thousand dollar a month rent or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It's 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 a, it's a hard proposition, especially yeah. with like you know the degree you're receiving, which you know it's on one hand hard to put you know to value in education because it's mm-hmm. always important but also like especially with like the things nyu is teaching you take it and you're kind of like okay what what is my application for this because like a lot of it would be academia i'd imagine right would, a lot of it is writing and criticism yeah and so you try to think of like okay am i does this is this just a funnel for me to stay in academia or to like would i be able to apply this stuff towards being in the games industry if I wanted to. But even then, you know, the games industry is pretty cutthroat in terms of wages, in terms of location, in terms of yeah. hiring. So the, a lot of their alumni will go on to um, to make games. And they have, you can see them all on the website, but games like Beglitched, smaller games that are on uh-huh. Steam and, and iOS and whatnot. So Black a lot Emperor. of them, yeah. yeah, that go on to make indie games that are pretty successful, I'd say. Um, and then a lot of people will go on to AAA a lot of people will do more experience design, which is fun too, but mm-hmm. not, it's not games. Right. <laughs> UX and UI um, and stuff like that. But, you know, there are private schools, so they don't have to release job placement stats or anything like that. So mm-hmm. I don't really know. That's the other piece, that sort of uncertainty that will I get a job? Because the other school that I've applied to is VCU Brand Center for Experience Design, mm-hmm. uh, which would be in-state and public for me, which is, you know, it'd be maybe a quarter of the cost. Really reasonable. Yeah. Um, and great program. Uh, and job placement stats are like 90%, mm-hmm. which is really ultimately what I'm after. Yeah. They just had their recruiter session this past week. Uh and Mason, Mason and Dan already had a job and Alex was like on the way of lining one up and, uh, but they still had to do the recruiter session. Everyone mm-hmm. sets up their tables. It's like kind of, I think, um, the, uh, creative ad track in undergrad at VCU does the same thing where it's instead of you, instead of a job fair where all the, uh, where all the vendors have booths. I yeah. See. It's the students have booths and it's That's like, really cool. They set up a booth <laughs> with like all their like projects and a portfolio and like um items that are personal to them so like there was one guy um i think his name is frank frank Arjulo. he uh his his like brand setter photo his portrait is him like holding three pokemon cards just like on his shoulder <laughs> what? it's like a charizard and an alakazam and something like all these holographic rare cards from like the original set that sounds terrible <laughs> is that is that good no i think that's great well it's just it's like the point is like to insert your personality into it Totally. Yeah. Um, but like some of the other tracks do things where it's like, okay, we're giving everyone because if you go on the site, it'll show like all the people that are currently in there. So like the the current two classes and like there are photos of all of them. Um, but for some of the tracks, I think for like art direction or maybe it's copywriting, it's like, all right, we're gonna give you a prop and you have to use this prop in your photo. Mm-hmm. And one of them, I think for copywriting, is is a dog. So they all had to have the same dog in their photo. Um, okay. And I was kind of like, mm, I don't know how I feel about that. But like James Gross's picture is just him like holding the dog towards the camera. So it's, <laughs> it's a cool shot, but it's like, I don't want a dog in my photo. That reminds me of my senior photos in high school. Did you do a set of them where mm-hmm. you're doing different poses and different outfits? My mom hung them up. Yeah. She's got that that 
frame with all the different size holes in it. You put the different photos in. Yeah, yeah. So we did that. You know, it's in the school gym. And I brought my guinea pig. Okay. And I posed at the guinea pig. And there's one where I'm sort of holding it up in my hands. Uh, not like Simba or anything, but with her facing toward me. Like <laughs> like you might take a uh, a newborn baby shot or something right. where you're holding the baby yeah. and looking into its eyes. Um, good. So that was my senior photo. I like that. <laughs> and the other one, she's sitting on my shoulder. And um, I'm I'm always amazed that my parents let me do that. But I've always been like a funny person. So that, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not short on personality or Pokemon cards. <laughs> but yeah, like his booth had uh, just all of his rare cards that he had. And he probably had like two dozen. I got to try that. It was cool. Go back to my parents' house and... I got mine right here, (laughs) right here in this drawer. You think I'm kidding, but they're literally right here. Yeah, that's (laughs) mine's in a big binder. Actually, mine is in a trapper keeper, so it's a little bit nicer, but basically the same thing. Mm -hmm. I need to get these insured. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, that's cool. I mean, obviously, being someone that did a podcast last year with three other brand center people, I have a pretty good especially experienced designers have a pretty good understanding of like how all that stuff works. Yeah. And I've had a lot of friends go through it. I know, um, you know, the, the sort of projects they take on and it's really up my alley. I love to build things and make things mm-hmm. no matter what media it is. If it's games, if it's a website, if it's, I like to make comics, I make food, I make anything. Mm-hmm. So that's always been my thing. They did do a game design one where they did it with board games, board and card games oh, cool. specifically. So like the same thing you're talking about. And yeah, you bring I want to try summer. that. It sounds like it would give you a good understanding of video games out right. of it. Mm-hmm. Um, understanding like kind of slower moving systems and kind of adapting that. Yeah. And how people form strategies because we have to do this like uh, anytime we get a new employee at work, we do uh, icebreaker. Oh god! And so usually we play a board game, and it's just horrifying because people don't strategize past one or two turns. Right. <laughs> Even if it's a relatively simple game like Ink and Gold, um, I don't know if you know that. I'm one. not familiar with it. No. Basically, you are in a cave or in a dungeon, and you flip cards over. Everybody's in the same dungeon. And so with every card that you flip over, it gets more and more dangerous. So you can come out at any time mm-hmm. and collect all the gems that you've got. Or you can press your luck and keep going and get more gems, basically. Um, but I, you can sort of calculate what the risk is. If you know you know how many cards are in the deck, there's like you know four spiders and four skeletons. And you've already seen... Two of them, you know that it's getting really dangerous and right. you might exit. But uh-huh. I don't know. People just press like, their luck anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's, well, I think it depends on how into games people are. Because some people just play games and like, whatever. And like, yeah. strategy either doesn't come naturally to them or they're not that investment because it's kind of like their way of blowing off steam. Or yeah. like you said, an icebreaker or something. Like or we, maybe they're just experimenting and they're just, they're just trying to be funny and they don't care about winning right. or want to yeah. sow chaos into the game but I, I always win that one but i always lose the like scattergories type of games where you have to come up with words right. or you know apples to apples where you have to make 
jokes and stuff like that. I'm really bad at those oh, games because really? there's there's no way to predict, and it really depends on who's reading the card and like. Oh man, <laughs> when someone does not do a good like delivery of a joke in Cards Against Humanity or Apples to Apples, yeah. it like is deadening. We played that game and it was a disaster. I actually wasn't there, and I'm very glad for it. At your one, work? Yeah. Okay. I have one coworker who has since left, probably because of this, um, who's really uh, conservative, not politically, but like he's very, like a prude yeah, kind of person. Up. Yeah, just like a family man, really nice dude. Uh, and we played that game, and you know, oh, it no. forces you to say dirty words and stuff like that. So he, he's, uh, he, he always turned beet red when he had to do stuff like that, which is really, really obvious when he would get uncomfortable. Um, I know he he hated it, even though I wasn't there. So I'm glad I avoided that. But yeah, he has since left. Mm. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, I I understand how that game kind of rubs people the wrong way in some ways. Like I know I have a coworker who refuses. I was talking about the they did the dig the hole thing last year. Do you remember that? Cards Against Humanity did that. No, they did a charity drive where basically the money went to digging a hole just somewhere. Just okay. They just had a a backhoe working twenty four seven, and for as long as someone p- donated money to it, the backhoe would keep digging a okay. hole in the ground. Yep. And there was like a single page, like there was a stream, and then a single page, like FAQ was like, "Why are you doing this?" It was like, "I don't know, just dig a hole." And they and they always do something like this every yeah. year, and eventually they uh like one year for the uh I think it was Black Friday they sell, sold like bullshit, like literally bullshit in a box. <laughs> Um, and you could just mail it to someone or something. Right. But it was like the nice Cards Against Humanity like box design, and then there was a little like bull manure in it. Um, and I was bringing up like the digging the hole thing because I, I really like like I like Max Temkin and I like all the stuff they do yeah, with all yeah. that. And uh, my one coworker is like, well, I don't like them because they have that Virginia Tech massacre card. And I'm like, okay, I can kind of yeah. understand someone you know taking offense to a joke about the Virginia Tech massacre. Yeah. But. Like, it's not like the entire game is revolved around making fun of the Virginia Tech massacre. No, you don't You don't have to play that card. Right. Or there's yeah. the card that they used to have one in there. It was, was it uh, passable transvestites or something like that? Mm-hmm. Um, passable transgender people. And there's this really good Tumblr post of someone burning the card because it's like, I find this card really offensive. Yeah. And then Max Temkin or one of the other members of Cards Against Humanity is like, yeah, we... Felt like that car was a bit much, so like we've since removed it from that's, issues that's really of, cool. of the box. I like how that game really adapts. It adapts to new themes and you know current events, but it also they listen to the people that play it and uh-huh. change it. So yeah, that's really cool. I just see it as like really like I see it as like kind of Louis C.K. level of blue humor. Like it, yeah, it is. It it can be. I mean, there's those cards like Anne Frank and Hitler and right. stuff. There's that, a lot of like Jewish jokes, which is like pretty bad. It, but is, all. it is really not work appropriate. Uh-huh. Let's just say that. Just a, just a card is just a Pac-Man uncontrollably guzzling cum. It's like that's... Yeah, just <laughs> like just a fun way to break the ice yeah. at work. Yeah. Not. Yeah. I have my, my name as a card. It's pretty good. <laughs> pretty dangerous but it's pretty good yeah i don't think i had the guts to do that other than avoiding uncomfortable board games at work what else have you been playing ruthie um well i don't want to like beat the dead horse but i've been playing breath of the wild and i absolutely love it what's your horse's name um i have five horses actually i just got the white one huh 
Um, I let Ian name it, my husband, and he called it Bob Dole. <laughs> I, remember, I saw you post that on Twitter. It's still um, funny. It's a beautiful horse. It's the it's the white <laughs> the most horse. majestic horse. Yeah, uh, that spoilers. It's uh, it's kind of like a special horse, but um, I have like the royal saddle, and I have I gave it a pink mane. Like it looks really cool, and it's called Bob Dole. And I said Bob Dole couldn't hear you when you whistle. Um, the other ones are called Big Man, Big Man Two, uh, Dingus. And I don't remember the last. I think I sold the the fourth one to the guy in Gerudo Canyon. The glue factory. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. I Rest it. in peace. But I I love this game and it's bringing me back to like the summer of '98 when me and my sister were playing Ocarina of Time. Um, and I'm kind of recreating that by not googling anything. Mm-hmm. Uh. God, God bless you. Godspeed. Yeah. Um, I didn't. I didn't want to know any spoilers, so I didn't join the RVA Game Jams Slack channel for that. Shout out. Um, but there's a Zelda channel on hashtag there. Zelda. Yeah. So I purposefully didn't join that until I was pretty late in the game, where you've discovered all the quests, basically. Um, because like it's no secret that you have to get the Divine Beast. Like they tell you that from the start. Yeah. But all the little things, like the horse. That's pretty insignificant, but I just didn't want to be spoiled for that. And I wanted to be able to figure out all the puzzles on my own. Mm-hmm. And I, there was twice I did break down in Google the answer to a puzzle. There's like a lot of riddles that are really cryptic. Yeah. And I just, I tried everything in my inventory and I said, I, I'm never going to figure this out. Google it. I was like, yep, I will never figure that out. Especially with the Rito, the accordion, the music player. Rito. Yeah, some I'm of them like, are uh, really obvious. Some of them are like, hmm, I wonder what happens when you hit this big rock with a lightning bolt. But the other ones are like, the wind beneath the trees makes the water part ways with the bridge. With ease. It's like, uh, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I've kind of like, I'm like, I'll come back to these, by which I mean I'll look them up and then figure yeah. this out to get the spirit orb or whatever. So that's that's the way me and my sister played Ocarina of Time back in the day. We um, borrowed it from her friend and never gave it back. She was like six, so it didn't really matter or she didn't realize it. So I was like, yeah, free game. Mm-hmm. But um, I still have that that copy and I'm not sorry because I, <laughs> I played the heck out of it and she didn't even touch it. So the way that we played it, I was eight or nine. Uh, we were in the, you start in the Kokiri village in Ocarina of Time. And we would just climb on the roofs and tear down bushes and, you know, <laughs> like talk to the people and just walk around. And there's a the bad guy, not the bad, the kind of bully character in the Kokiri Forest uh-huh. um, who has the, the red hair. He's standing by the exit and he says, you can't come through here. And I was like, okay. I haven't got my coffee yet. Yeah. It's like, you can't come through here until you have a sword or something like that. And I was like, oh, okay. And I just... That that was it. Like, okay, I can't go past that area. I didn't. <laughs> this is the game. It's so this entire. We spent probably a few months just in the Kokiri Forest. Wow. Yeah, which is really strange. But it's reminded me a lot in Breath of the Wild how I'll spend a lot of time in the Korok Forest or just picking apples or something really mundane. Uh-huh. 
uh, because it reminds me of that. And me and my sister just noticing all the little details and climbing on things. Yeah. I really like that in those games too, how like there's this kind of unforced exploratory part to it. Yeah. You know, because if you play those games today, it's like, all right, just beeline it to critical path. Just, all right, talk to Deku Tree, get my sword, go through, get the castle, et cetera, et cetera. Um, that was the first really big adventure game I'd ever played, and I didn't understand those nudges. They seem really obvious now. Right. They're like, you can't come past here until you have a sword. Hint, hint. Yeah, and the sword is is highlighted in red text. Um, but I, that was the first game I'd played, and I didn't pick up on those cues like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've, I've, it's always been kind of a uh, a dream of mine to somehow capture that kind of aesthetic like that that kind of idea of day-to-day exploration not mm-hmm. like not like massive like grandiose exploration that you see in Breath of the Wild but sort of mm-hmm. like here's a house or here's a neighborhood and I want to explore that because those are a lot of games that I like like I would play like the Toy Story 2 game like for PC mm-hmm. and something and you know you're you're in like Andy's house or you're in Andy's backyard or you're you know here or there and um it they they made excitement out of the mundane and i really yeah. like that and i like the, doing that at school where it's like oh it's recess it's like i can go over here to like the the baseball diamond or i can go over here to the jungle jam or i can go over here and explore and like all my friends are in different parts and they're all doing different things yeah. <laughs> and i really like that i like i like the mundanity of like those like early 3d platformers or 3d mm-hmm. adventure games just the discovery in and of itself is is the most fun part of the game. Like, I'm not, I'm taking my time. I don't, I may not even beat Ganon. Like, I really don't care mm-hmm. if I beat Ganon in Breath of the Wild. And especially in Ocarina of Time, because there's no point of beating him, because, like, he doesn't save after you beat him. So why even bother? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Hmm. S- sorry, spoiler. Oh, I'm just, um, spoiler on a, what, 20 year old game? <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Yep. 20, 20 year old. Um, but yeah, so you you spend the whole game. Uh, not the they don't tell you about Ganon until pretty late in the game, but you know it's a Zelda game, so there's Ganon. Um, but once you get to Ganon, you do the big boss fight and you beat him. It's a fun, really fun battle where you're kind of reflecting light balls back at him, like playing ping pong with yeah. him. Mm-hmm. It's really fun. With Ganondorf, and, right? Ganondorf, yeah, and he's then he in the human form. Yeah, and then he turns into Ganon. Yeah. Um. And so that it's a really fun battle, really harrowing. Like my heart rate was about one hundred and eighty when I was playing that as a kid because it's so like the anticipation is built up so much because I played this game probably for like a year till I beat it because mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Uh, but um, after that, it goes through a cutscene where all the people of Hyrule are singing little songs together and they're having a picnic. Uh, <laughs> it's like very celebratory and everything's good and it's like yeah you won and then it goes back to the title screen so there's no opportunity to save you can't play in that happy world right it just goes right back to being like right before Ganon you know demon world so there's no real point in beating Ganon other than to see that cutscene and see what happens story wise Mm -hmm. but game wise it doesn't matter because he can't save you go back in time in the in, in the final sequence, like don't you revert back to a kid or something? 
Uh, you know, it's been like 20 yeah. years since I played it. So I've I never played Ocarina of Time, so I've, I'm very. It's uh, it's fabulous. Hazy on and the details. Breath of the Wild reminds me of it so much because I have played. Um, a lot of the Game Boy ones, I played Wind Waker and whatnot, but Breath of the Wild really reminds me of Ocarina of, of Time. Just mm-hmm. that when I finally did make it out of the Kokiri Forest after months, it blew my mind how big Hyrule was. And it seems stupid today because it's like, you know, maybe 5% as big as Breath of the Wild. Not if that, it's probably 1% of the size. Mm-hmm. Um, but that kind of thing, that 3D adventure game had not been around at all. And that blew my mind, seeing this entire world with things to discover. There's so much in that game that I forgot about. Like, you can plant beans, uh, and when you become older Link, they turn into, like, beanstalks that you can climb up and discover hidden areas. Okay. Um, there's a jillion mini games like bowling and fishing and archery and ones where you have to pick up chickens. GTA? Are we talking about GTA yeah. now? It's, it felt like it was on that same scale as GTA 5 uh-huh. like back, back then. then. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, what's your what's your uh, opinion of the, uh, the Breath of the Wild hate? That's been I mean, on the podcast and in the I know you guys have talked about slack. this like at length, especially uh I don't know if you had Will and Sam on it, but they're like the biggest haters of Breath of the Wild. Which is a hilarious because I mean, you know, not to give Will crap when he's not here, but I mean I, I don't think Will's played much of it. Mm. Um No, I don't think either of them have played it. I think Sam Sam has Sam has touched it. I think he said said as much. But um uh, and Momin, Momin was a hater too, but he at least qualified his yeah. answers. He played like 20, 20 or so hours of it, maybe. Yeah, that's 10, 15. That's time enough. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm open to like seeing criticism about the game, but to me, this is like the best game ever made, probably. <laughs> I'm really enjoying it. Um, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's interesting seeing like kind of their opinions and whether or not I think they're informed or not doesn't really matter because I mean it's their opinions and um they're not it's not like angering me or it's not like bothering me it's not like diminishing my enjoyment of the game which is weird because no. I feel like in some some in other games or something I feel like it would I but, see what you mean but, when yeah when someone points out a flaw in the game and and you keep noticing it but um. The only thing I really don't like about it is like these little cutscenes that you can't, that you have to press skip all the time. Like when you're entering the shrine, there's three yeah. different cutscenes that you have to skip. And each time, I mean, getting into a shrine takes like four minutes. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. But that, there may be a reason for that. Like obviously it has to load those assets. Um, but. You know these repetitive cutscenes, like when you're cooking the food. Can it just skip that? And the I don't know. and the skip doesn't even do anything because like the skip is a fade to black and then it fades back up and it gives you the item, but it's just as long as if you just sat there and watched it cook. I would I would say it is a little shorter, but it's just but as irritating. Yeah. yeah. Um. So just those little things, and you know maybe there is a reason for that. I don't know, but it's really annoying when you're you know upgrading your inventory. Maybe eight slots at a time and you have to skip cutscenes, skip cutscenes, skip cutscenes, skip. Um, That's my only issue with it. And it's not that big of a deal. It's like 
five seconds here, five seconds there. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really my only issue with it. But I just love it. I know you guys already did like oh no I, four I, I, hours worth of stuff. No, it's fine. It's, like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's not a big deal to me. But it's like consuming my life mm-hmm. basically. Quitting my job so I can play it basically. <laughs> play Breath of the Wild no. professionally. <laughs> yeah. Professional Breath of the Wild speedrunner, but I don't beat Ganon. Exactly. <laughs> I get up to Ganon and I stop. Speed run where I just collect apples. <laughs> Greatest number of apples in this apple race. Yeah. So how many apples can you get? Does the counter go up to nine hundred ninety nine? Sure it does. I don't know what the the upper limit max int on apple count. I know it goes over over a hundred, but beyond that, I have no idea. I don't know. Let's find out. <laughs> My new goal. New quest, new side quest. What are you playing? I am playing. Um, I'm playing a lot. I've been playing. Uh, it's been about two weeks since we've done the last podcast. Um, I played GTA Online, a little bit of that because I bought uh, Mike's copy of GTA Five, and my GTA Online dude is like the skeeviest looking guy. He's got like a really crappy, like thin beard, goatee look. He's got these shitty, like thick rim sunglasses like this is some like some beach douche he has like kind of slicked brown hair he has uh like a tweed suit he just Ew. looks like like the biggest <laughs> douche and i'm like oh this is perfect and then i make him and i sit through like the opening cutscene with like lamar from uh gta5 and he mm-hmm. like picks you up from the airport and drives you somewhere and you do a couple missions and then I was driving around and someone was in like a military Humvee and shot me with a rocket launcher and I died. And yeah. I was like, cool. That sounds like my experience playing GTA Online. Yeah. Uh, so I haven't played it since we got the game kind of opening weekend on PS4 or whatever. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Actually, maybe that was, it. did it come out for PS or PS3 first? And yeah. then originally, okay. and then like a year later. They made yeah, it. so we got the PS4 version. And then when GTA Online came out, I was really excited because you can be a female character on there mm-hmm. to have like this cool, like tough lady character. And I get into the world and I just immediately die. It's like, okay, that's fun. But it was ultra broken back then. And I remember Rockstar gave everyone like a million dollars in credit yeah, or something. Yeah. And I was like, this game is so broken and weird. I don't, it has its own rules that are sort of player imposed yeah. that I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I tried a, a mission. I was just miserable at it. Because uh, a lot of them are first person shooter missions. Uh, I, I haven't played. Like, yes, there's a lot of like team deathmatch kind of things. Yeah. I don't, That's like in old warehouse districts and stuff. The shooting stuff in GTA is the worst part. To yeah, me. the shooting is not good enough to like warrant these kinds of like the movement like it's fine for a single player game, but for multiplayer, like there's such a weird, sticky learning curve to yeah. getting your head around it. I couldn't get the hang of it. I don't like first person shooters anyway. I love all the driving parts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really satisfying. Pulling the trigger and ease, you know, with with the buttons on the PS4, you can ease the trigger. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels like a real gas pedal and. With the rumble and everything. I don't know. That's a really nice experience. Just flying through a city yeah. a zillion miles an hour. But uh yeah, GTI online is really weird. It's weird and <laughs> it's just it's it's not it's very newcomer hostile to it. Yeah. Like so I was like, okay, um all these people are like I was driving around and someone was in a jet and just carpet bombing me. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, what is why 
Okay. It's um, a it's a city in chaos. You can't look at it like a realistic world either. Right. Well, it's just a city that's constantly under yeah. attack, like burning down. <laughs> but like, you lose money when you die, and I'm like, all right, so I'm like, I'm just constantly losing money, and I'm not so okay. I'll play some multi or I'll play some like matches or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I'm like looking through the job list that they give you through your phone, and it's like, all right, I'll play what fucking was this land grab? Some sort of like area based thing sure i'll play that and then it spawns me on this island where the point is to like run over all these tiles and like it they get assigned to your team and if the other team runs over it gets assigned their team and then you're trying to accumulate oh, the like most. graffiti on tony hawk pro skater yeah kind of <laughs> but you don't need to interact with it you just literally walk over it and but it's a tron aesthetic so you're all in like black skin tight suits with like neon lights like traced around parts of it with all these designs and the the entire thing looks like the game grid and and tron and i'm like okay this is pretty cool and i'm immediately just getting ripped apart by the other players and we all have access to the same weapons but like my teammates couldn't play i was still learning the controls like i kept forgetting like what button was cover because Mm -hmm. i grew up on xbox so ps4 still kind of foreign to me Mm -hmm. And so I'm just like, all right, what, what, all right, what, where's the aim? Where's the shoot? And all these people are way better than me. So they know, like, if you aim and then, like, hit square, you will do a, a combat roll. So these guys are just, like, combat rolling, even though the combat roll is, like, takes five seconds. So he's, like, slowly ducking and then, like, pitching his shoulder over and then, like, doing the slow-ass roll. The aiming itself is slow enough that I'm, I'm like trying to like shoot him but i'm like shooting like a circle mm-hmm. around him because i can't get focused on him and then he just pops back up and then just like loads me with a shotgun shell i'm like okay this is fun and then both my teammates left and i'm like okay and the way you leave a match is not like it's super buried <laughs> in the setting so i'm like how do i get out of this and i'm like <laughs> digging around for it and i was like all right well that sucked and then i played a racing game where it was like a stunt car racing and the tracks in the sky. So you're That's like cool. racing around and like you're doing these weird banking turns. But like the first thing you do is you hit this boost and then you jump up like your car physically like jumps like 10, 15 feet into the next like tubing and goes down mm-hmm. it. And half of us didn't know that how the jump worked. We thought it was all automatic. So we all just slam into the wall <laughs> in front of it. And then I just spent the rest of the race like trying to figure out and then like falling off the side because it's like yep. a curved outer outer uh, pipe. And I'm like, and I was like hitting all the buttons. I'm like, how do I jump? How do I jump? I'm like falling. And then the parachute deploys because I hit the parachute button. So now I'm just like slowly falling to the ground. I hit the ground. Then I explode and respawn. I'm like, this is not fun. This is not intuitive. This isn't interesting. Like I had a lot of fun in GTA 4s online because I would just dick around, but I can't even do that because everyone just has so much more shit than I do. Well, do they, do they have a control where you can, I want to say it's called like ghost mode where you're, where people can't kill you. Yes. You can do like a a passive mode. I think that's what it's called. You have to pay to use it though. What? Every time you activate, you have to pay like a couple hundred dollars. (laughs) Does it, does it last until? Yeah, it's infinite until you turn it off. Okay. But people can't shoot you and you can't shoot them. But But then you can't, I mean, that's the only interaction you're going to have in the city, right? Exactly. I mean, you could rob stores. You can hold uh, like gas stations up at gunpoint. I did that. So like that's one of the first things like, hey, go knock down the store. I'm like, all right. So I roll in. I hold my gun at the the cashier. The cashier loads out all the money. I'm like, sweet. And then I hear like I get a star or two stars. I'm like, all right, I got to I got to book it. And so I immediately turn around and I hear the guy goes like, please stand still. And he just pulls a shotgun out from underneath the debt, the front desk and just blows me away. I'm like, (laughs) 
this game is so hostile in so many ways. Like the NPCs want me dead, the players want me yeah. dead, and I'm pretty sure the the developers want me dead. It's just total anarchy, and yeah. some people love that. Yeah, some uh, people live in that. Yeah. But I was like, I just need like a slow ramp into it. Like, give me an assault rifle or give me like something. But I, I yeah. got a pistol with like half a magazine in it. There there was a mod for Warcraft 3 that I want to say was called Grand Theft Auto, but it may not have been. Mm-hmm. But it was basically um, you could drive around in a little city and you could maybe it was called uh, like Gang Wars or something like that. So you could collect money and you could join gangs you could buy things and it's using all the warcraft 3 assets arthas needs his cut (laughs) everyone's in like like a skeleton cart and like orcs and stuff but it was designed all the dialogue is designed after grand theft auto was it voiced i mean you have to use the voice assets that are in the game okay uh (laughs) well i meant like was like the dialogue like the custom-made dialogue voice because that had been funny too no just the just the text and so it was a role-playing game within Warcraft 3 that was just really odd because because of the juxtaposition of the orcs and spiders and skeletons with this, like, gangster speak. Um, but it was, it was, like, more fun than GTA Online for me because you could walk around and just talk to people and right. buy buying sweaters in GTA it was like my favorite part. Mm-hmm. And you can um, do that. Yeah. What's uh, Franklin? He has like the coolest outfit choices. And I really liked going to the store and buying sweaters for him and lo- making him look like really dapper and then running around and killing people. Right. Um, that I, yeah, I love GTA single player, but <laughs> the multiplayer is so weird. I yeah. wish you could have those sort of interactions in multiplayer where you can form a gang or you can apparently buy they ha- a store and a- sell things <laughs> apparently they have a lot of that apparently it's just very player driven apparently there's like gta role-playing servers or something yeah which is really weird like you can be a shopkeeper you can be a police officer yeah 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 like, that's exactly how that warcraft 3 mod was <laughs> and it's really weird apparently i was hearing about it on on the waypoint radio they were talking about there's a there was like a, a retired police officer who role played as a cop in GTA and he was writing up like official police reports like like in game like but taking it with this yeah. gravitas that he would as an actual officer Dang. of the law it was like but like for the smallest of infractions so people were zooming through you know stoplights and he would pull them over and be like you have 120 traffic violations because <laughs> speaking of traffic violations i need to pay the ward contact emails uh a Great Britain uh, traffic violation. Did you see that picture I put up? No, I didn't. Uh, I got an email on the contact email for Ward, and it said that you it said you viol- you caused these traffic violations on April fourth. Um, you owe us one hundred three Great British pounds. And I was like, what? And it was like, and the link was to the the UK's government like website of like that whatever their equivalent of like the dmv or like Mm -hmm. the traffic enforcement agency whatever it is i was like what how and there was like nothing and it said do not respond to this email this email does not take replies um we will be mailing you an official like ticket for it and i was like well there's no listing of an address on here 
So I don't know either someone signed up for their license plate or their driver's license with my email. Uh, that seems plausible, yeah. Or their automated system somehow mixed up the word email with something else. I don't know. Probably someone fat fingering it and... Probably. It's a weird thing of fat finger because it's contact at ward-games.com. And like in my head, oh, I don't know. Oh, well, that's... Yeah. Like what could this possibly be? <laughs> what were they trying to send it to? Maybe they submitted a fake application and just copy-pasted some random email. Again, that's just... It's com- so weird. That's too random. It's I don't weird. know. I don't know. I was like, God, is like some like constable going to come after me? Like, Should I be concerned that I'm going to get extradited to... The United Kingdom. What was the email address from? It was some gov.uk email address. Or no, it was like, I don't know. Like, I tried tapping on the contact and like had a, had a, like three letters for whatever the governing body was. Mm-hmm. But it wouldn't like expand into like what the email was. So I don't know. Hmm. What uh, if they're trying to spy on you? MI6. Coming after me. That also seems plausible. These nefarious yanks. <laughs> I, just, I didn't know. I didn't know I what to know. do. I, I've no, like I'm racking my brain trying to think how that would even happen. Uh, unless it was just totally spoofed. and Your name is on a list somewhere. I guess. That's funny. I've never been out of the country. I've never set foot <laughs> on British soil. I don't know. I've certainly never driven on a British highway. Right. Yeah. I don't know. It's funny. Um, other games I've been playing. I've been playing Puyo Puyo Tetris. Yes, I I may consider getting that on Switch if I can stop playing Zelda for five seconds. Oh, and my Switch, the left Joy-Con is having an issue that a lot of people have the been reporting. issue? Yeah, where you can't have anything blocking it. Mm-hmm. So if you're sitting a certain way or your right hand is blocking your left hand. Or you have an aquarium. Link will just run off a cliff. Right. Um, which is really, you know, when I first started playing, it was... A huge burden. I was very confused. Why Why is Link so hard to control in this stupid game? Mm-hmm. I was like, this game sucks. And then I realized it was the Joy-Con messing up. I was like, oh, okay. So I've been playing with that semi-broken Joy-Con, and I know I can get it fixed, but like, I don't want to put it down. So Just buy another pair. Yeah. <laughs> Just buy a pair of the updated well, ones and then send your old one in. That may be true, or or the Pro Controller. I'll think about it, because yeah. I, I pre-ordered Mario Kart 8, Deluxe, mm-hmm. so it's called. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I got the cartridge version, so it's coming on Tuesday. Womp womp. Yeah, I know. I ordered. When did I order this? I think I ordered this uh, Puyo Puyo Tetris. I think I ordered it like Wednesday because I was listening to the Giant Bomb cast and they said that something to the effect of the physical copies of the PS4 version might be limited. Hmm. And on PS4, it's only physical. So I was like, well, I'm just going to buy this yeah. now to just make sure I got it. Uh, and then yesterday I was like, hey, Wendy, do you want to play Puyo Puyo Tetris? Uh, she's like, sure. I was like, all right, I'm going to go to Target and get another controller. And I was like, or I can see if Amazon has same day delivery mm-hmm. on PS4 controllers. And they did. Nice. So instead of getting out of the house, all I did was sit here and play other games and wait for a second controller to show up. That's what you got to do. Oh, Brave New World. But yeah, Puyo Puyo Tetris looks really good. Um. I may I may get it for Switch. I really like playing Puyo Puyo, even though I've only played it once. Uh, and I got my butt whooped mm-hmm. by Emily at it, who's amazing. Um, but then I was telling Dylan earlier, 
that I was at uh, a party and someone had a MAME machine and they had like every Super Nintendo game and every video game ever. Mm-hmm. And so we were just flipping through and Tetris Attack was on there. And so we started playing that. But after I played everyone in the room and beat everyone, everyone was getting really bored. So I was like, okay, we can play something else. Because no. um, I just adore that game and I'm so good at it, not to brag, but that's like my game. Mm-hmm. Um, Tetris Attack, which has nothing to do with pe- Tetris. It's more like uh, a match three. Oh, really? It, yeah. That's weird. But it's Yoshi's Island themed. So it has all the characters and music from Yoshi's Island. Then why is it called Tetris Attack? Probably for the branding. Huh. Trying to get people to understand a puzzle game on Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. That's interesting. Yeah, I haven't played a lot of like battle Tetris type games. Yeah. I played Tricky Towers last year. Yeah, tr- it's, it's I like Tricky yeah. Towers a lot. I love Tricky Towers. Um I have that on PlayStation 4 as well. The battle mode is really similar where you're trying to make your side of the screen actually the opposite, smaller, mm-hmm. whereas Tricky Towers, you're trying to build a tower. Right. But um, Tetris Attack, you're trying to destroy the other people by making big combos and yeah. putting blocks on their side to to hurt them. That's exactly Puyo Puyo yeah. Tetris. Yeah. So like they're, there's, there's they're no all in the component. same, the battle structure is set up the same way, but the actual game itself whether you're building things or trying to destroy things those are those are the differences but mm-hmm. Tetris attacks uh i really love the music and that you can play as poochie <laughs> man poochie has become like like the the cult favorite hasn't I know, he poochie came back i haven't seen poochie in a game i don't know if he was in any of the mario he, games since yoshi's island or whatever um he's in yoshi's woolly world because the DS version is yeah. Yoshi and Poochie's Woolly World. But that's like 20-year d- difference, right? He, well, maybe. He might have been in all of the Yoshi Island maybe. games. Like New play. Yoshi's Island or Yoshi's Island DS. That's true. I haven't played those. They didn't, but, I heard they weren't good. Or at least... Or, new, and, the, and the one for N64 either. Oh, Yoshi's Story? Story, yeah. yeah. Uh, I didn't play that either. But yeah, Poochie's back, baby. He's back. He's back. <laughs> He's better than ever. Yeah, you can play as Poochie, uh, Raphael the Raven, Piranha, Petey, Petey Piranha, whatever. Petey Piranha from Sunshine? Maybe, no. it's, maybe it's just a piranha. Just a piranha plant? Something like that. Harvey Piranha? Yeah, Birdo. I mean, it uses all the exact same sound effects and stuff as mm-hmm. Yoshi's Island. <laughs> kind of like, like how Majora's Mask used all the same Ocarina. assets, yeah. yeah. Kind of like that, but um, really fun game for for two player and there's single player battle. So that's cool. That's what drew me to Puyo Puyo Tetris because like, oh, this is another game I might be good at because I'm pretty bad at games, admittedly. Uh, like GTA Online, where I just get destroyed, mm-hmm. or any any MOBA where I just lose instantly. Basically, yeah. I, can't do, I can't do MOBAs. <laughs> The um, in your head canon, does Birdo speak, or does Birdo just make noises? Does Birdo just go whoop, or does Birdo talk? I don't know what Birdo would sound like if he spoke. Well, uh, uh, well, she would sound. She would have a. Isn't it a boy? I'm pretty sure. Well, all right. So it was a boy. If you play Super Mario Land Two on the GBA, they did voices for her. So you would go, oh. she would come on the screen. She'd be like, I'm going to finish you off. And then she would shoot her eggs at you. What does it say in Mario Kart and stuff like that? She goes, wah, wah, wah. Yeah, that's what I, like Yoshi. Yeah. Sounds like he's sneezing or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
that's what I expected because it's like an analog to Yoshi in yeah. those games. The female Yoshi, basically. That's how I interpret it in Double Dash. Yeah, yeah. I was like, exactly. a female Yoshi. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Like there's Toad and Toadette. <laughs> Which is like, I hate Toadette. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand like the physicality of the Toad, like the mushroom braids. Yeah, the mushroom hair is just gross. And they're like, it's Toad, but it's pink, so it's a girl. You know, classic. Uh-huh. Uh, I was always a Toadsworth guy. Oh, yeah, Toadsworth is cool. Toadsworth, Toadsworth is cool. Is cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, why why do they have to be so blatant about, about their female characters? I know that's a thing they've been doing since the beginning of time, but... Mm-hmm. Why can they do like Plum from Mario Tennis is one of my favorite characters. That's <laughs> so obscure, but I just love her. She she has like purple hair or something. No, or she, dark blue hair. She's just a normal looking human, like young woman. She has brown hair. She wears like a golf shirt and shorts. Was she in like the Game Boy Color version of Mario? I think she's in that oh. and the and the N sixty four one. Oh. She's just a normal human woman. She's not dressed in pink. She's not wearing a big bow. And I'm like, I always played as her. <laughs> uh, or, or Yoshi or any of these sort of... Androgynous. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't mind playing. I like playing Bowser and Boo and these big characters too. Right. But there was something nice about like, oh, she's not wearing a dress to play tennis. Right. <laughs> I think they've done better with that in recent years, like giving them appropriate outfits for yeah, the like sport they're in. Zelda and Breath of the Wild is really appropriately dressed as yeah. an adventurer. She has actually different outfits in the game, but yeah. Mm-hmm. I think this old trope, and there's like a, um, uh, what's her name? Sarkeesian. Yes. Uh, she does a great video about, you know, how... They take Pac-Man and put a bow and lipstick on it, call it Miss Pac-Man. Miss Pac-Man. And how female is not considered default, male is default. Yeah. So um, just how people, I mean, I'm like, I will be guilty of doing this sometimes too, where you draw an animal and then you put a bow and eyelashes on it and say it's a female animal. <laughs> it's like <laughs> male and female just animals. Just get the idea across. Yeah, male and female Say like a bear or whatever. It don't really look different. Miss Bear. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, it, it's a weird discrepancy that that it's it's getting better, but it's still like, okay, do you really need to be wearing a big fluffy hoop skirt in Smash Brothers? <laughs> yeah, it's it's best for combat. Yeah. Loose form fitting combat dress. Uh, I mean, they do. Peach uses it like a umbrella right to kind of glide places yeah she's a parasol yeah yeah well her dress kind of acts like that too that's right yeah um that's what i was thinking of or maybe zelda or whatever mm-hmm. there's characters like samus who don't you have options that's that's all i really ask for is options yeah it's funny though with samus though because it's like oh look like kind of equal treatment gender identity that's mm-hmm. not revolved or like around her gender because like it's about her being a bounty hunter. But then, like, when she dies, her suit explodes and look bikini. Or, yeah. like, <laughs> here's Zero Suit Samus. And it's, like, us yeah. somehow getting worse at this over time. Yeah, I don't really like Zero Suit Samus. I don't... I can't put my finger on why, but it's... Yeah. A little... I like original Samus. OG Samus. Yeah. Uh, I've also been playing Disney Crossy Road. 
Is that a separate game? Yep. Okay. It's, for for mobile? Yep, for the iPhone uh, and Android, I assume. It's uh, it's Crossy Road. Uh, yes. Yes. Um, but you play as Disney characters. Uh-huh. You play as all of the Disney characters, Ruthie. Like, all they, of them. Do they act differently or are they just yes. skins? Well, so, like, there are sets. So, you have, like, a Toy Story set and then, a, like, a, a, a Pirates of the Caribbean set and then, like, a Mickey Mouse set. I see. Uh, Beauty and the Beast set and the level changes depending on that set. So like in the Toy Story set, it's like a a toy world and there's Mm -hmm. like alphabet blocks and and like the little walking munching teeth. Um, But it's still the same like Frogger type of game. Well, kind of. But like in that one, the mix up (laughs) is that like blocks fall down the the level. So they come at you from the top of the screen. So you have so so in most of the other ones, it's stuff moving laterally. But in like the Toy Story one, there's things moving horizontally and there's different stuff like so in the Pirates of the Caribbean one, there's like treasure chests that you can pick up and they give you because the points, quote unquote, in in Crossy Road are how many steps you take. Mm-hmm. And if you pick up a chest, it gives you like 20 extra step points and stuff. OK, but there's all of these extra micro transaction currencies. <laughs> so on top yeah. of like the coins that were in regular Crossy Road, there are now like Mickey Mouse passes or something which turn a separate capsule machine and so you have these Mm. two things going and then there are daily quests and then there are weekend special quests that are revolved around sets so like this (laughs) this weekend no it gets better i I haven't even gotten to like the punchline here i'm gonna look at my phone now the the weekend quests so this weekend it's toy story right and you get like a special character so i think you get like bo peep if you complete all the the Toy Story quests. Right, like, yeah. So the quests revolve around you doing an objective in the themed world with a specific character. Mm-hmm. But in order to use the specific character to complete the quest, you have to spend like three bucks per character. So it's like, jump 100 steps with Bullseye, and then you hit play, and then the what comes up is a purchase screen that says, buy Bullseye for like Ooh, $3. That's dastardly, but I like it. I was just like, man, fuck this. Yeah. Um, that game sounds terrible. <laughs> I mean, it's fun. Like there's an there's like I played a lot of Crossy Run. Like there's enough. Is it is it free? Yeah, the, the game whole, itself is okay. free. And, then, and you get characters like, you know, I have like some Pirates of the Caribbean character that I don't know, and I got like the vampires from Nightmare Before Christmas or something. Oh, um weird. and I have like Trixie, the Dino the Triceratops from Toy Story. Like, I have all these, like, oh, and then I have Mickey Mouse, because you start with Mickey Mouse. Yeah. And sometimes there are characters, like, in the level that you can come up to and, like, talk to. Like, in original Crossy Road, they had Hipster Whale, which was their logo, which is mm-hmm. the company that yeah, made yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes Hipster Whale would just be f- floating down one of the rivers, and if you jumped on them, you got Hipster Whale. Well, on this one, there's just, like, a bunch of extra Disney characters. So, like, I'm playing as Mickey Mouse, and one of the characters in the level was Mortimer Mouse. And so you come up oh, and you yeah. say hi to Mortimer Mouse <laughs> and then you have unlocked Mortimer Mouse and Mortimer Mouse has like a ukulele that he plays as he hops mm-hmm. around. But I'm like, wait, when did they make Mortimer like the cool guy? I thought everyone He's... fucking hated Mortimer Mouse. Like the OG Mickey Mouse from the Yeah, well, they they, the they like re- 20s. Yeah, but they re-rolled him like into like House of Mouse, like that cartoon oh, and okay. stuff. Yeah. I didn't know. So like the current iteration of Mortimer Mouse is like this tall, linky. He's like the Waluigi to Mickey Mouse's Weird. Okay. Mario. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but he's he was supposed to be like this skeevy conniving guy. And I'm like, wait, why are they like 
pals now. I don't understand. Unless you're going to tell me like Pete's in here and then Pete's cool. Like Pete's not cool. The Disney universe is really strange to me just because how like incongruous it is. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you have pirates that are human and then you have Mickey Mouse. He's like a ubiquitous cartoon character. And then right. you have like, especially with Kingdom Hearts, then you have all this anime stuff on right. top of that. And it's like the weirdest combination of things to me. But I I like that it, it is weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it's like they haven't even rolled like their other properties. And so there's no Marvel stuff. There's oh, no yeah. Star Wars stuff. Oh, man. Imagine Marvel, Star Wars. Crossy Road. Cr- Crossy Road, Final Fantasy. Uh. And, uh, <laughs> with Mickey Mouse. No, I want my ESPN collection. Oh, yeah, yeah, I want yeah. my Sports Center. That uh, ABC family. Mm-hmm. I, how, how can I make a Harry Potter weekend marathon a playable character? <laughs> It would just be like a stack of VHS tapes that just hop around. Yeah. Man. All the all those when you were talking about the microcurrencies and stuff, that reminded me of Fire Emblem Heroes. Are you playing that? I was. On mobile? I played that a bunch at the beginning of the year, but I've since stopped. The only person I know that's still playing it a lot is Mike. Mike. And it's freaking me out. He's like, Yeah, I just got this four star character, just got this five star Marth. I was like, What's it what? You still playing? Yeah. Should I, I be playing? I just deleted it yesterday because I was like, every day I would kind of maybe launch it when I'm on the toilet or something like that and play an arena battle. And then I start asking myself, why? Why do I? Why am I doing this? Because there's maybe eight different currencies. There's like, yeah, the feathers, orbs, swords, feathers, stamina, stamina. Okay. Maybe there's only four. I think there's only like three or four that you can actually purchase. Oh, but then there's, there's like the a flags, lot. Uh-huh. whatever those are. They're like ways you can vote on this new battle system thing. And then know. there's the the heroes themselves are almost currency. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, oh, yeah, there's like the the shards or whatever. There's experience. There's too many things. Um and you just log in each day, and it gives you a bunch of free ones, and you feel compelled to do that yeah, for like, some what, reason. What's that? But the game itself, I really struggle to understand what the point of it is. To play Fire Emblem, to save the world. Like I, the battles just feel like an obstacle in getting more currency. So that, that's the actual game loop is like playing this casino. Yeah, the battles themselves aren't complex or fun. They're pretty simple compared to the other fire emblem games uh do you like fire emblem like as a series i i'm a little jaded against it because i played the ds one what's it called uh uh i don't know uh anyway radiant swords radiance history of valentatia Conquest. Along those lines. No, I played the DS one and I was playing it on an airplane, so I was watching the cutscenes. I was like, these seem like they're important, but I'm not sure why. I'll sit through them instead of I'm a person who always skips cutscenes. Just Oh really? A disclaimer. Okay. Yeah. I'm the worst kind of gamer. <laughs> well, I mean, I feel it because I've been skipping all the cutscenes before you put your Tetris. I've been playing like the adventure mode. Why does that game have cutscenes? I don't know. It's <laughs> it's weird because there's like two universes. Like there's like so all the people that play Tetris are on a spaceship and they come to this world and everyone on the world plays Puyo Puyo 
and they don't understand what the other game is. And they're like, what's that? It's like, it's a Tetramino. What's that? What? You've never seen a Puyo before? And it's super. That's kind of cute. It, that... Yeah, it's like a kid's I mean... story. But I was kind of like, oh, skip, 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 skip. Yeah. But they have like, they have like <laughs> the options on the dialogue on the on the cutscenes are, all right, press X to go to the next line of dialogue. Uh, press O to set auto dialogue. So it just runs by itself or just press start to skip it entirely i'm like why the, the granularity of options you give me to skip or not skip right. the story and this meaningless story is ridiculous i assume if there is a skip button then the cutscene is meaningless <laughs> you know if they give you an option to skip it obviously the game developers like know that it's meaningless that's some weird kind <laughs> of like tautological logic there well if Ruthie. it was important they'd make you watch it like if it instructed you how to play the game or something they wouldn't put a skip button on it that's how i feel so the fire emblem ds game made me really mad because i was watching the cutscenes. and also disclaimer i hate anime mm-hmm. um, high five there you go <laughs> um i don't i don't actually hate it but i really uh i'm not into it um i understand at all and so the cutscenes are very dramatic, very like we have to save the world type of stuff, which is like okay, I just want to play some strategy battle things. Like I don't, I want to route the enemy. <laughs> yeah, I just want to play some like what's well, basically rock paper scissors uh-huh. checkers. Right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Um. So I was watching these cutscenes, and then there was a there was a character. There were two characters on there that I really liked. There's the main male character, and then there's this female character who was uh, sort of like you know the cool girl who's angsty and whatnot. So I was like, these characters that kind of have a cool dynamic because they fight all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in a cutscene, because I was always played with these characters. They got married and she had a baby. And I was like, what? They hate- right, right in the middle of the battlefield. They they hate each other. They're like not. First of all, they almost never talk to each other and they just don't like each other at all. And uh, this story became not plausible at that point. I mean, it's not plausible to begin with, but I was just like, whoever wrote this doesn't understand character relationships whatsoever. Uh, and it made me very mad and I never played it again. But uh, <laughs> I, I like the. The strategy genre, I just, the story is like, totally doesn't matter to me at all, especially when I don't like the story. feel bad saying that, but. No, I mean, I. Someone works hard on it and I hate it. (laughs) Yeah, but also write better stories. Yeah. And I guess it's because the characters in the, in the game build relationships with each other. Yeah. Which is a cool element. But, but it doesn't make sense, like you're saying, if they fight, if they don't like each other, all of a sudden. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you like Advance Wars? No. Well, I've I had the DS one, and it was just so like ugly and cumbersome to me that I gave it to Will. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know a lot of people like it. The one that I, the strategy game I really played the heck out of was Final Fantasy Tactics Advance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I played that for hundreds of hours. I don't know how or why. Um, it was there. I had to play it. But there's the battles are complex, but the rules make sense. Yeah. I feel like in Advance Wars, I didn't 
I don't know a lot about gun stuff, so that stuff's not intuitive. I don't know, like, which ones are long range and which ones are anti-air or whatever. Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. That's, you have to, I have to, like, read some Wikipedia articles about different types of guns in order to understand that game. I feel like <laughs> Final Fantasy Tactics is kind of just, like, if you understand regular Final Fantasy, this just adds kind of a topographical well, That's the thing, I've it. never played a final fantasy game okay. except for tactics advance okay. i mean yeah i've only played final fantasy one so i'm, I'm kind of with you there i played final yeah. fantasy one and tactics a2 but the basic role-playing roles like mage and healer or whatever those i know so there is a learning curve with advanced wars that i just i didn't want to invest the time in didn't find it worth it because the the DS one the interface is so ugly. Mm-hmm. It's like red and blue dots on a map. Like, <laughs> yeah, I I know I know the later ones got more serious and grimmer. Mm-hmm. So I'd be curious if like if you played the original one for Game Boy Advance if if that one's because very colorful. Yeah, maybe. Um, I don't know. I had so much so many games on my to do list that. That's kind of like near the bottom, but. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I also played some uh, Overwatch. Yeah. The yep. new Overwatch event is out, almost done. Overwatch Uprising, which is just a, uh, a PVE um, match that takes place in the past. So it repurposes one of the, the maps and adds a lot of stuff to it, but you're basically going from um control point to control point and doing stuff and the whole match takes about 15 20 minutes Um, that's cool i like a short game yeah it was a lot of fun but you're fighting a bunch of robots so like a bunch of bastions um there's like tiers of robots so like the first robots you find are pretty uh um pretty easy they're just kind of like cannon fodder and then the next Mm -hmm. ones they have like shields kind of like reinhardt has a shield so they're a little tougher and then you fight bastions and the bastions will just fuck you up because the bastions will just come up and they'll all transform into turrets and just like mow you down. But yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, Overwatch Overwatch is still fun. Yeah, I've never played it, but I always enjoy watching people play it. And I really enjoy people making fan art of it. Even <laughs> though I've never played it, I think that, you know, we, we were at MAGFest. There were tons of divas there, mm. tons of them. And... um. Yeah, I think the characters look super cool. That's all I'm really about. Like I said, I'm bad at first-person shooters and online battles and stuff like that. So um, I might play it, but I have just as much fun kind of watching people play it and hearing other people's experiences. And, like, people will make comics and jokes about it and, you know, just the different stereotypes that people who play certain characters have. I don't know specifically. Um, but like in like in TF2, people would joke that uh, women always play the the medic or, oh, or whatever. Okay. Yeah, you know, just okay. Yeah, like the, <laughs> the 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 types of players that would play the different characters. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, that the like community. the people that have only ever played Call of Duty play Soldier 76 because he's basically just a Call of Duty. Yeah, and just the various cipher. mistakes people will do <laughs> as certain characters. I don't know. There's too many characters for me to keep track of having never played it, but it I like the community. It seems really cool. Yeah. Um I'm 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 a big fan of their push for multiculturalism in the game. Yeah, I, me I think too. It's, I think it's me super too. awesome. And and the different sized bodies, different types of characters. Yeah. Um 
I think that's something that TF2 kind of did well. The different sized bodies, characters that looked really different, but like all white dudes except for one. So. Except for the, the Scottish black man who was yeah. the demo man. <laughs> yeah, demo man. Um, but I... The, the way that the different sized characters reflects how they move. You know, like in Mario Kart, Bowser is heavier and Toad is really light. I like, I love that kind of design. Um, not where in, I guess, I don't know, in Call of Duty, there's everyone's the same. Pretty much one right? size. Yeah. And I think that's for kind of an e-sports e reason or a competitive reason. I mean, it makes level sense playing field. considering the setting, whether it's World War II or whatever. Like most humans are about the same size. Uh, speaking of... Any opinions on that hot Call of Duty World War II? No, I mean, Call of Duty is exactly the game that I don't like. Uh -huh. uh, I don't, like I said, I don't like first-person shooters, and I especially hate war crap, because uh, my dad is really into... World of war crap. <laughs> war crap. No, my dad would always make us go to battlefields and um, oh, go to okay. like reenactments. Big and, history buff. Yeah, yeah. My dad loves that kind of stuff, and uh, I just... Maybe I'm a pacifist or I don't know. Also, those those type of histories don't have any women in it also. Exactly, <laughs> so yeah. It's hard for me to empathize. Uh, but also, yeah, I've been, I've been watching these world history crash course videos on YouTube from the Crash Course channel, which is awesome. Uh -huh. And they tell the story of the world in such a different way, not in the context of battles and war, but by trade. Um, okay. And... Uh, you know, established trade routes. And Dylan has this map on his wall, like a huge world map, and it uh -huh. made me think of it. But talking about, um, you know, how, how history was really formed by trade and not by battles and stuff like that. So the emphasis on battles is, like, very biased and masculine. And it's, I don't know. I, I had the same thing as a kid because I wasn't, I'm, I'm kind of, not very masculine even right now like what i mean like comparatively like i don't like talking about cars i don't like dogs i don't really and as a kid <laughs> i wasn't like big into like warfare or like guns yeah, and stuff I know what you mean. so uh i'm very not the masculine the stereotypical masculine mold so i i completely understand what you mm -hmm. mean by like things being contextualized with violence it is so masculine it's I mean, not that a lot of women play those games and like those games because it's it's genuinely fun and multiplayer running around and shooting people like but the the first player mode is just, just like it, that kind of history is really boring to me. And I don't know. I'm just not into that whatsoever. Plus, the online community is also really toxic. Yeah. Have you um have you have you watched the imitation game? Yes. Do you like that movie? Uh yeah, the Turing Turing mm -hmm. movie. Mm -hmm. I I was just curious because like that's I mean it takes place during World War Two obviously so it's like a interesting right. aspect of World War Two because oh, it's, yeah. it's not like Saving Private Ryan or Band of Brothers or anything. It's more it's, like espionage through science. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. That's that's really compelling to me and yeah the way that Turing is treated later in his life is totally devastating. Right. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, I liked that movie a lot. Why? Oh, I was just curious because, I mean, like, from what you're talking about, it's like it's not focusing on warfare. And it's also like, you know, there's a much more diverse, a diverse quote unquote. I mean, there's a woman. I mean, there's Kara, a Kara, woman. Kara Knightley's character. And they're all, I mean, they're English, so they're white. So, right. <laughs> and I was thinking about that when I was watching the trailer for the do Call of Duty World War II. I was like, I can't tell any of these characters apart. 
Oh, yeah, me either. I was like, I don't, like, they're all just these good old boys, like, all these white strapping men that I don't understand. I don't, I don't That's, know. Yeah, and the whole game is just shades of green and brown, really. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's also not attractive to me, that it is more or less realistic. Um, that's not interesting mm-hmm. to me. Just when the trailer came out, there was people talking about how, like, World War... At least the way World War II is presented in media makes it a very white war. Yes, exactly. When, um, yeah, when we talk about World War, but we really just talk about U.S. and Germany and maybe Russia. But there was, I mean, this. There's a Oliver Stone documentary called like Hidden U.S. History or something on. It's either Netflix or Amazon. But it's I'm not Ol- sure. Oliver Stone's Hidden History or something. Like that. Uh, but he talks about World War II in the context of the world. So you had. England trying to be an empire where America is like not okay with that. So they have stuff going on um, in India and Africa and, you know, so much of this war took took place there. But mm. the bulk of it is like Russian. So you really have to, <laughs> I mean, we we often leave out Russia in the context of World War II and right. just make it about us as Americans. You know, especially how they, you know, switch sides. <laughs> Like halfway yeah, but because they get attacked by like Nazi Germany. The mo the most casualties were Russian. Right. Um just the way they responded to the war by rationing and by building things and uh was it scorch and burn and like yeah. these crazy tactics, mm-hmm. but just the way they're they they really unified the country. Um that's really interesting. That's way more interesting than like Normandy battle mm-hmm. thing. Most important more rule of warfare, never do a land war in Asia. Because mm. both Napoleon and Hitler tried to invade Russia. Yes. And they both fucked up. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so like, but like the back, there's some like back of the box quotes that have already been brought out about Call of Duty World War II. And it's like, uh, you know, he plays this, the, the fighting first, you know, army regiment and blah, 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 blah. And you will meet characters such as a woman, an African American, and even a child. Like that's not right, verbatim, but it's very close. They don't have names or right. anything. <laughs> it's like what? Like I don't. It's yeah. Why it's don't you have part strange. of your? Why don't you have your part of your campaign, or maybe your entire campaign, take place in a black regiment or something, or just or focus on that aspect because that's unique and interesting instead of having this very bravado. It's, yeah, just that America versus Hitler. That's just been beaten to death as a as a genre so some of the call of duty ones did something interesting like in three i think you played as canadian tankers mm. for part of a campaign which i thought was really cool i mean that's interesting it was yeah. only tank missions like you didn't do much outside of that but it was right. cool like oh yeah i forget canada, canada. was you know involved yeah. in the war so that's i mean games are super powerful especially a game that's i mean call of duty is like the biggest game maybe besides dota or whatever mm-hmm. but games have this powerful way of teaching people and like if that's what we choose to focus on this whole time i mean there's so many different perspectives that i think they could be doing good by this game but they're not i mean not to dismiss right i uh, think world uh, war ii yeah. like my grandpa was in world war ii and he you know went to germany and netherlands and helped liberate concentration camps and that's all extremely important and like grateful for that but it's, it seems like they could show a different perspective once in a while. Um, I am curious what they do do with this. <laughs> do do what they do do <laughs> with the uh, uh, 
current game because it does look interesting and it does look like they're trying to do the saving private ryan like they want to make the saving private ryan for video games so within that yeah. context it might be interesting but yeah it's it's kind of trying to exist within a vacuum mm-hmm. but it can't i don't know it'll be interesting um playing anything else ruthie um, I'm one of those losers that's still playing like Pokemon Go and Super Mario Run and stuff like that. Well, I was going to bring that up because <laughs> you were talking about uninstalling Fire Emblem yeah. Heroes, and I haven't un- uninstalled Fire Emblem Heroes, Mitomo, uh, Pokemon Go, or Super Mario Run, despite not really using any of them. Yeah, I mean, my phone's big enough to contain all of them, so, but I deleted Fire Emblem because I was like feeling compelled to mm-hmm. get my orbs, my precious orbs. Um, but I, I still like Super Mario Run. There's a rally mode that's you play against like a ghost of a different player or a real player, um, and it gives you like Nintendo points for playing that every day. Oh, really? Yeah. So you can cash those in for games and wallpaper for your DS, stupid stuff like that. In-game content for these games that do have DLC type of stuff. Um, yeah, I got like Zelda P Cross. Oh, from I didn't... Nintendo points thing. My Nintendo. Cool. They revamped all of it. Yeah. It's really confusing. And then now you have to go in, like, add your, like, make a Switch account name yeah, or I'm something. Yeah, I'm not even sure. I have, like, three Nintendo usernames yeah, like for one account. Nintendo ID or NNID and then yeah. Nintendo account. And, yeah, they're still trying to, uh, still not good at figuring that stuff out. Right. Speaking of. Switching to news for a second. Speaking mm-hmm. of NES Classic, no longer yes. in production. <laughs> Ruthie Edwards, hot take. NES Classic, no longer in production. What's your opinion? Um, I've seen this thing in real life exactly once. I haven't played it, but Kirk had one. I got to hold it in my hands, and it is just absolutely adorable. You didn't like run I, off with it? <laughs> no, I wish. I, I loved it. I didn't see. I know the controllers are supposedly too short or whatever. Right. Uh, but I, I didn't get to play it, but I love the thing itself just as an object of art. It's mm-hmm. beautiful. Um, it's a lot smaller than I imagined. Uh, I don't think I have anything to compare it to, but it's maybe eight inches wide. Very small. Um, and it comes with, what, 30 NES games? Yeah. And what I found out is that you can do save states on it. And I was like, that was kind of like... I don't know if I'll get it if it doesn't have save states, but it has, you, it has, it save, has save states. states. Yeah. Um, but I I mean, I don't get the choice of buying one now because yeah. there's only five of them in existence or some. <laughs> it's only made. I'm not sure how many. Solid gold. I don't know what the total number they produced was, but obviously we know that it was way, way, way too short. Right. And like, everyone's calling Nintendo stupid for not producing more and then discontinuing it. Um, but other people are saying this is a strategy to build hype for other things like the Switch or to, uh, like Nike does this all the time where they drop like a hundred pairs of Jordans or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like why do they, they could make a million pairs of them, but. Artificial scarcity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they did that with the original Wii. Um, for like the first two years of his existence, I remember the original Wii being, being really hard yeah, to find. Yeah, it was hard to find, and the Wii Fit board thing was even really, really hard to find. Fit board. I don't know what it's called. I think that's what it's called. Fit, Wii Fit board. Wii Fit board. But um, this really makes me mad. Yes, me too, because I want one. I did want one, <laughs> and like people, they weren't anywhere, and I was like, well, I'll wait. 
I should have read the writing on the wall because, you know, I had that huge debacle with that lime green 3DS I bought mm-hmm. last year. Uh, and they, so yeah, so they came out and said, we're not producing this anymore because it was supposed to be just a holiday thing mm-hmm. and they didn't make enough. And, and they said they extended production like past the beginning of the year because demand was so high, but it, yeah, like you were saying, to switch kind of production to the Switch. But I was like, oh my God, like this doesn't make any sense. Like, why would you temporarily manufacture a re release of one of your most successful consoles? Yes. And I really wanted to talk about it last week when it broke, like, when, but we didn't have a chance to do a podcast. But I was like, oh my God, we need to talk about this. But I'm glad we did because then the story just kept unraveling because like immediately after that, all the rumors started flying around that they're going to make a Super Nintendo classic. Right. So Eurogamer reported from a reputable source, they say. And they're pretty trustworthy because they're pretty good about breaking news on this kind of stuff. They are that the Super Nintendo classic, is that what they call it? Mini? No, yeah, it's called the, the, the NES one was called NES Classic console classic something nes classic anyway so like fairly reputable source not confirmed by nintendo but they're notoriously like cryptic and they'll be like we released this thing oh no it sold out just right now bye right um so they're they're notorious for not being very transparent about their business and releases and stuff like that so that that seems plausible to me and um i Honestly, I'd prefer the Super Nintendo. I mean, we don't know what games will be on it yet, but those are some of the best games. Um, yeah, I'm I'm personally an NES person. I didn't play mm-hmm. Super Nintendo a lot growing up, so I wanted an NES Classic. But now that that's no longer possible, unless I want to yeah. pay five hundred dollars on eBay or something, yeah, it's ridiculous. I am definitely going to get a Super Nintendo Classic, even though I probably shouldn't, as like a as a statement to Nintendo, but. You know, they're not going to listen no matter I what mean, I do. But so it's, it's like owning that hot new pair of Jordans. Like right. it's a statement and it's super cool. I strap and the NESs to my feet and then walk around. And Nintendo really knows their fans well. Um, and they know, you know, with the limited releases of Amiibos and stuff, like they definitely know what they're doing. Even if it seems like they're making mistakes, like with the Wii U and all this stuff, like they. They do everything very intentionally, and I, I tend to believe they're doing it to build hype around their brand. That, and but it's it, it's always so consumer hostile. It's just anti-consumer, like top to bottom, and that's that's what bothers right. me about it. <laughs> it's like okay, like that's a cool plan, but like a, you never messaged that you were going to discontinue it until the day you did it, and then b, you had you don't have a good justifiable reason for discontinuing it. Discontinuing it outside of hey, we're going to force a Super Nintendo Classic down your throats. And also, on top of that, the next thing that broke is that, oh, also, we're making a new 2DS. Yeah, so they have this other whole part of their business that is really accessible, the 3DS and 2DS. I'm sorry, new 3DS and new 2DS. The new, got the colored <laughs> lines around it. That's actually part of the name. Uh, that's really accessible. There's no shortage of those consoles or games right. um and they're pretty affordable and whatnot so no apparently they were really hard to find around the last quarter of last year new 3ds's yeah apparently they were just gone they're just like oh, impossible to find that's weird 
that may be a manufacturing fluke. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but, you know, they're easy to find on, on eBay and Craigslist, too. Like, they're really accessible. Um, so that's, like, the baseline Nike shoes that you can buy at yeah. uh, Foot Locker or whatever. Mm-hmm. They, they have both of those lines, so they don't have to worry about me putting making enough NESs that everyone has one because people see that and they're like, well, I guess I should get a 2DS now. <laughs> it's just, oh my God. It, so it's it's kind of, it's this weird double-edged sword because it's like, it's good, okay, Nintendo's sticking with the 3DS line like for at least a little while because mm-hmm. there's all this doubt. It's like, okay, if I'm a 3DS owner, like how much longer is my system going to be supported? Right, because the Switch kind of blurred that line of handheld versus console. Right. But on the other hand, it's like, okay, you just like squandered this great opportunity with the NES Classic just so you can make a new 2DS (laughs) and then I I just don't understand it. And then also start building hype for Super Nintendo Classic. Right. It made me so mad. It made me so (laughs) I know what you mean. I know what you mean. It is it is anti-consumer, like you said. Um. But I, I totally believe it's building hype. A lot of people say it's manufacturing issues, but it it can't be. It's, I mean, this hardware is like very simple. Well, it could also be like licensing issues, like because they had a lot of third it party could be, games. It could be that. But it's also like, you know, all this stuff wouldn't be that big of a deal if you had good virtual console support. If virtual console was universal across all your platforms. Yes, that that's the main problem. Didn't matter where I bought fucking. Yoshi's Island. I could play Yoshi's Island on my Switch or my 3DS or my Wii U. Yeah. I mean, I'm a Nintendo fangirl till I die, but their account system and DRM stuff is the worst out of everybody's. And so backwards. And the problem is they're never going to improve because they still make good games. They're <laughs> yeah. just, they have no incentive to improve because the Switch is selling like hotcakes. You know, it's sold like yeah. 2 million since its release. Yeah, it's- 2.7 million or oh, whatever. Oh, is it that high? Yeah. It's, oh, okay. And or maybe it, that's copies of Mario Kart that sold. Uh, more, more copies, copies of, of Zelda. <laughs> more copies of the game sold than the console. Right. Yeah. There's a good article on Polygon that said like Mario Kart 8 is going to be confirmed the worst selling Mario Kart yeah, in the, the franchise's yeah, history yeah, yeah, the because article. the number of Wii U's that exist are less than the next highest selling Mario Kart. So there's no feasible way that Mario Kart 8 will not be the lowest selling right. Mario Kart. And they got proven wrong so hard when Mario Kart 8 came out for Wii U because it came out as a bundle for the Wii U and uh, people snatched that up like crazy. And it it is not the worst selling Mario Kart. Oh, it's not? Nope. Oh, did not. That article was proven wrong like so badly. Uh, that article's notorious. <laughs> I didn't know that. For being in, in so the Mario wrong, Kart community. For being so wrong because, yeah, people were saying only only 2 million Wii U's have sold. That's really bad. But then when Mario Kart came out, people bought Wii U's because there weren't that many games for it initially, so there wasn't a reason to buy it. But then when Mario Kart came out, that compelled a lot of people to buy it. I think they ended up selling maybe 8 million units. Oh, wow. Whereas uh, the worst-selling Mario Kart game is 6 million units for the Game Boy Advance one. I had that one. Yeah. What was that one called? It was like Super Circuit or something? Mm, that sounds familiar. That wasn't a great Mario Kart. It was all right. It's hard with the small screen and no multiplayer. It makes sense why that would be the worst selling. I like, I like Mario Kart DS for the original DS. Uh, 
It played a yeah. It was just called Mario Kart DS. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it played a lot like uh, 64. Mm-hmm. So I liked it. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Yeah, that article is classic, and uh, how well, I'm, I'm glad I set I set that one up for you. But especially because Mario Kart 8 is getting this re-release, um, I guess it counts as a different game, but it's already on track to, you know, sell tons of units. Well, I'm just glad they fixed the uh, the battle mode. Yes, that the f- that was the worst. Yeah, because that battle mode in uh, in eight was one of the saddest things. Yes, it's just. I mean, maybe they ran out of time and they had to cut it. That's the only thing I can figure. So they take the regular racetracks that are in the rest of the game and they turn that into the battle arena where some people are going forward and some people are going where they start mm-hmm. by facing backwards. Right. You try to shoot shells at each other. So it's basically just a race with no finish line. Yeah. That's it. And it's really bad. So the new one adds six battle modes, which um. is, I think. Like in terms of like six different battle or types. levels, I know they have Shine Thief in there. There's from Shine Thief, Double Dash. There's balloons, of course. Right. The bomb battle from Double Dash, which is right. my favorite. Right. I love that game. Uh, Shine Dash is like the keep away King of the Hill type of. Yeah, it's like the oddball. Like you possess the shine, yeah, and you, you have try a to hold it. Seconds count on it. Um. I think my favorite part about the bomb attack one was when you would get the triple. It was all the bomb bombs yeah. like balancing on top of one another. <laughs> and we would toss them. That was cool. That yeah, I liked the arena that that one was in. That was I don't know. There was like pipes. I like the pipe walls. one. Yeah. I don't know what it was called. It's been a long time. And there was the cookie one. The cookie one wasn't great. <laughs> cookie but, World or yeah. something. <laughs> yeah. Um, that that was weird. But I love that mode, and I look forward to seeing what they do with it. I'm bummed I don't get mine till Tuesday because I was like, yay, I'll play it this weekend. But no. Sometimes when you order games online, they get delivered the day they come out. Mm-hmm. Like Amazon receives stock ahead of time and they release it. Right. Um, that's what happened when I got Pokemon Sun. So I assumed it would be same. No, I got one day shipping. It came out on Friday, but I don't get it till Tuesday. Jeez. Can't believe it. I think I think you're going to run into that a lot for a lot of Switch games. Like I'm sure Super Mario Odyssey might be the same thing. Being yeah. the premier Mario game for the Switch and also coming out. During the holiday season. Holiday. Yeah, it's going to be a mess, but I'm going to buy it. I don't care. <laughs> you see these uh these Switch bundles that they're selling at GameStop for $500? No, what's in it? It's uh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, Breath of the Wild, and then a 128 micro USB stick. Or micro uh, SD. Uh, the so Switch. the console's 300 Right, so. Then the games are like 70 a piece, maybe. I would. 60. 60. So it's, so it's 120 so you have 80 but I think you can get 128 gig SD cards for cheaper online. Yeah, way cheaper. That bundle is not a good deal. Yeah, Don't so. do it unless you have a coupon. <laughs> unless unless you really need a switch. That's my official advice. Oh, true. Yeah, I forgot there's a like switch. a shortage. But I also like, I wouldn't get that bundle because I have Breath of the Wild for Wii U. So there's like, the only thing in there for me is Mario Kart 8 and like a super mm-hmm. high capacity SD card. That's true. Oh, I always buy my games on cartridges so I don't ever use the sd card really I, I usually do too i've been doing that a lot with with my ps4 too like even though it's 500 gigs like between all the ps plus games yeah like, i've never had to replace the one in my 3ds i haven't either or or i don't anticipate switching the one in the switch either i don't even know how to remove it <laughs> you need a jackknife and a screwdriver 
No, for the 3DS, you have to take the case apart. Yeah. But on the, I mean, on the new 3DS, I'm sorry. The new. But on the, the new. old 3DS, the it old. Just, you could pop it in and out, which was nice because you could, you know, take screenshots and then put it right into your computer. But with the new 3DS, you can actually network directly from Windows into it. Which oh, really? Is, yeah. <laughs> you, you go into settings and it shows up as a networked device and you can access your photos directly through Windows, which is cool. I wonder if you can do like remote screen. I'm sure like there's a way. Project your screen People onto have it. hacked the crap out of the 3DSs. Yeah, I'm really curious how. And that's another thing. I think they they stopped doing the NES Classic Fours because people kept sideloading more games onto it. Mm. I think it, that was driving Nintendo a little insane. I don't know. I mean, the alternative to this is you could build your own uh, NES with a Raspberry Pi, mm-hmm. which. I think would be around the same cost. It's not a cost issue because like the Raspberry Pi, if you want the best one, it's like 30 bucks. Then you got to buy a controller. You got to buy all these cables if if you don't have them on hand. So I think the NES Classic is 50 bucks. Yeah. So you're looking at the same price. So price wise, it's not really an argument. Um, But, you know, being able to play more than 30 games, that's definitely a leg up. But convenience convenience Overall. and also like the officiality of it. it's like okay this isn't yes. this isn't something i bought in a mall kiosk this it's some, yeah it's something you'll keep out on your uh entertainment center mm-hmm. and not shove it under As the cat knocks cabinet. it over yeah it's really light too it's basically just a case with a little bitty motherboard in it <laughs> cool it's like a pinata just smash it open take out the the rich delicious silicon yeah. i'm sure it's 99 percent air inside of it <laughs> Forty dollars for air, yeah, compressed air that they push in there. Uh, I got some other. We'll be quick about the. Okay. The, do you have you want lightning round? You want to end exactly at, at one. Uh, called then. Ideally. Okay. Um, I'll be quick. There's these. Uh, have some short ones. Um, number one, uh, Atlas eases up on its Persona Five sharing limits, which we were talking about last week. Yeah. Persona Five. Or Atlas was like, hey, uh, we're sorry. Uh, we'll... They eased it back, so they didn't like take yeah. them all off. It's like, stream whatever you want. But they're like, okay, you can stream until like November now. Not real date November, but like in-game day November. Yeah. Any opinion on, on that? I mean, I don't understand. I mean, I, I understand both viewpoints that they don't want people to view this game and not buy it. Mm-hmm. But also players, they want to watch it anyway so i don't know like i'm a person who hates spoilers so i'm okay with with that i'm okay with punishing the streamers I'm okay um i don't know i don't really have an opinion about that okay no that's fine i was just curious if you did um because you said you were listening to last week and was yeah um other thing in the uh uh you're gonna ask me about palmer lucky oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> you saw it coming yeah in, in the grand arc of lucky palmer lucky uh real life Internet rich guy troll. Yeah. He uh, apparently hid $100,000 in donations to Donald Trump behind Chrono Trigger references. So he yes. had, I I forget what the, the specific references were. I think it was like the name of the airship or something. Yeah. Uh, it's been like 20 years since I played it. So I don't, I don't remember them either. But yeah, he, basically he had uh, a company that was under another umbrella company that was under another umbrella company. Donate to Nimble America, which 
is well i don't know if this was or is this totally different thing no i think this is just straight up just donations to trump the nimble america thing was separate i don't know if he used these shell accounts to do that as well i don't think so i think he was pretty clear that was him yeah but so the money was being provided by a company called Wings of Time. Yeah. <laughs> which is named after some device in Chrono Trigger. I don't know if that's a time machine or what. And then Wings of Time is managed by a corporation called Fiend Lord's Keep, which is another, I assume that's a location in Chrono Trigger. Uh, and Lucky is the sole officer mm-hmm. in that. So the last time I talked about this, I felt, I, I re-listened to it and I felt kind of bad because I felt like I was kind of letting him off easy with my opinion because when all this stuff first came out i was kind of like really mad i was like this is really stupid like he's genuinely horrible yeah like despite like you maybe partially being ignorant it might be more about you being like hey let's be internet trolls as opposed to be like let's support white nationalism like if it's yeah uh, and and as time progressed and like kind of the fires dimmed down and he he went radio silent i was like okay maybe it was more of the first thing or it was more him just being like a dumbass, like supporting people right. that were had way worse worldviews than he did. Maybe. Yeah, because like he was like, oh, I'm I'm actually libertarian and I'm voting for Gary Johnson, the general. And I'm like, good for you, congratulations, you and seven other people. And then and then he left, quote unquote, left Facebook. And then this stuff happens. I'm like, okay, no, this is straight up like right. He's he's a wart on the face of Facebook, and right. they. Definitely need to get rid of him because they're trying to push Oculus huge with the new Facebook places and all this stuff mm-hmm. that's very consumer facing, very investor facing, and they need to burn this wart off their face. And I just don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what the contract was like, if like how face how the IP ownership worked. I mean, I'm sure it was something like we sign away all of it because yeah. he, he got like $2 billion or Oculus got $2 billion out of it. But um you know, they have like Peter Thiel on their board, who Peter Thiel is a big Trump supporter. Yeah, Peter Thiel. Peter Thiel. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Thiel or no Thiel. He, um, right. He was an early investor. And, right. Yeah. But you don't see him trying to be ousted. But he's also, I think, still bringing in money. He has a lot in. more money. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think he has a lot more staying he, power than. He's on the board, I s- assume. Like, he is has more power than. than Lucky. I don't think he's even like CEO of of Oculus. He's just working there. I think that's his capacity. Yeah, yeah he yeah he wasn't so he wasn't CEO. He, he wasn't even CEO beforehand. He's not in a powerful position. Like they already own all IP and stuff. So I don't know what besides being like an innovative, creative person. Like he's a great thinker and a great builder. Obviously, he built this thing from scratch. Like. Five years ago, mm-hmm. in a rapid amount of time. Oh, and he's only twenty-four. Yeah, um, he's so more successful than me. That's yes. A, yeah. Well, uh, he he's a shittier person than you are. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> um, but the thing that struck me about the Chrono Trigger thing is that, like, someone who's twenty-four, like that game came out when around when he would have been born. Right. I think around there. He's born in ninety-two. Right, yeah. So, um, I was born in 91. So that's, yeah, that's like kind of funny to me that he picked this old game that, I don't know how you even discovered Chrono Trigger now. As- well, it's probably like, you know, <laughs> he probably played at a young age, probably like six or seven. And if you had an older sibling or had an uncle that was into video games or something, he probably 
there's probably a Super Nintendo Maybe. lying around. It because could for, it could have been because that was the case for me. There was just a Nintendo lying around. Yeah, but we never had a Super Nintendo. It it could have been that. Um, um, but that's real shitty. Yeah, Lucky Palmer. Lucky He's a Palmer, shitty Lucky. person. You're being... but like brilliant and shitty. That's what sucks about it. Yeah, and <laughs> it's that... like you know if you did less shitty, stupid things, you would still be contributing to this awesome thing. Right, that and you I'm... helped build. I think he, I mean, I don't know the guy, but it seems like he just likes to build things and make things. And he doesn't really care about, you know, the money part of it or his political influence or even like he just wears T-shirts and flip-flops every day. Like he really doesn't care about public appearance. Well, I I feel like he would to a certain extent because he used a shell company to donate the money. I think that. I mean, I don't know, but that seems like something you would do for tax reasons. Maybe. <laughs> or, you know, to get around uh, donation laws or something like that. But even <laughs> then, like, okay, now we're in a way in another shitty circumstance where it's about tax avoidance. Yeah. So. Yeah. I don't know. I thought that was a really shitty, if this is the conclusion to the Lucky Palmer Lucky saga, I think that's a real shitty I mean, he's going to be around. He's going to do make something else and be in the spotlight again. I guess so. I'm I'm curious. I'm curious. I mean, what's he going to do? Like, I mean, I feel like he's burned too many bridges or at least stained his public appearance. He has the Donald army behind him. A bunch of Pepe's of frogs. Pepe the frogs. I mean, they don't like do anything. (laughs) I don't know. I thought this stunk. Yeah, he's shitty and bad. The end. The end. All right. Thank you, Ruthie. Thanks for having me, Dylan. This is awesome. I'm glad you like it. I'm... I love to vent about <laughs> Palmer Lucky and video games and <laughs> and video game criticism. I think this is really fun. I knew, I knew it was kind of tricky with the scheduling stuff this week with everyone. Oh, Will broke his toe. Yes. Will was supposed to Breaking come. Breaking news. Breaking news uh, on the toe front. Will accidentally broke his toe. Uh, that's why he couldn't be here. Um, hope you feel better, Will. Uh I'm gonna put my shoes back on shoes, and uh, so you don't break your toes. Get out of Dylan's house. And these concrete blocks just skewed yeah. around here. <laughs> All right, thanks, Ruthie. You're welcome. <laughs>